Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Father Andrew Mattingly. I am a Catholic priest in Kansas City, Missouri, and this is a podcast where I post homilies and random other stuff that I might teach or speak about. Hope you find something useful and maybe even inspiring. God bless you. So during the Easter season, according to ancient custom, we make our way through the Acts of the Apostles uh, in the cycle of readings. And one of the things, if you pay close attention, that you'll notice as a general theme within the Acts of the Apostles is a sense of urgency on the part of the early evangelizers, whether it's Peter, Paul, Philip, Barnabas, like all these characters, they don't waste time. Right? They have this real awareness that Jesus Christ is risen from the dead and we have to tell people about it. And there's no time to waste. So you see Paul and Barnabas going from town to town to town, preaching the gospel, desperate to make known this news of, of salvation. And so I thought as I was reflecting a little bit on this, that this would be a good departure point to talk about something that I think is absolutely critical, more critical now than ever, just based on the way that our culture is, which is the importance of making good use of our time. The importance of making good use of our time. Right? In our culture today, to some degree, we have a lot more freedom than in many generations past to shape how we use our time. On the flip side, we also have thousands more things competing for our time, right? Innumerable distractions and sort of sidetracks that we could go on to. So it's that much more important that we are extremely, extremely, and I'm not exaggerating, extremely intentional about how we use this precious, precious gift that God has given to us of our time. The first thing that I want to point out, and this is a critical principle to get right, to understand, because I think for many of us subconsciously we don't get this right and then nothing else falls into place. The first principle to understand is that all of our time, all of it, every second, belongs to God. All of it. I think too often people can easily fall into a compartmentalization of their time. You know, many Catholics think to themselves, okay, I give an hour to God on Sundays, I'll give 30 seconds to Him before I eat my food, I'll give maybe a minute to Him before I fall asleep, maybe a minute when I wake up. The rest of the time, that's for me. <laughs> right? That's, that's how many people sort of think about the use of their time in relationship to God. If you've, if you've ever been at the Easter Vigil and you've paid close attention to some of the prayers that the priest prays when he's inscribing or tracing things on the Easter candle, you'll know that one of the things he says, one of the phrases he says is, all time belongs to him, belongs to God. All time belongs to him. I was, I was talking to a guy uh, a few years back. I, had a, I was doing a funeral of a man who I'd never met personally, which often happens. Uh, in the life of the priest, which is a, sort of a strange experience to do a funeral for somebody you, you've never met. But I was doing a funeral for this man and, and a guy who had known him for years 
I was chatting with him and, and he was telling me a little bit about his life and he said, you know, I forget his name, he said, you know, John was, you know, he was a, he was a good man. Um, he, you know, he put in his time for God on Sundays. He worked hard for his family. And then with the time that was left over, he enjoyed himself, right? And for this man I was talking to, this for him was sort of the, the ideal image of a good man. You, you give this little time that's due to God on Sundays, you work hard for your family, and the rest of the time is yours to do with whatever you want, right? And by that he meant sort of personal hobbies or entertainment or, or things that he enjoyed. This is not what Jesus asks of us, right? Now, I never met the guy who passed away. Perhaps he was a wonderful man who was responding generously to God's grace. But the guy I was talking to did not have a clear understanding of how, as believers, the Lord asks us to use our time, right? God does not ration the gift of himself to us. He has given us his whole self by sending his son all the way to the point of death. And so for us to sort of stand back and say, well, I'm going to ration and compartmentalize what I give back to God is the height of selfishness, right? The Lord, he doesn't ration what he gives to us. He asks us to give everything to him in return. And the beautiful irony of this is that if we actually do that, if we avoid the temptation to just hoard time for myself, if I actually give it all away, if I actually make sure that everything I'm doing is giving glory to God, I'm happy. That's, that's the irony of this whole thing. The more I keep for myself, the more time that I try and cling to for myself because I think I need it, rather than giving it to what I know God wants me to give it to, the more miserable and cramped and constrained my heart becomes. But if I trust the Lord and I give it all back to Him, all my time, make sure that every second of my day is for His glory, then I'm happy and I'm, and I'm free. This is the beauty of, of, of giving everything to God and actually trusting Him. And I think it's helpful as well for us to remember that when we die and we face what's called the particular judgment, the Lord will hold us to account for every day that we've wasted, every hour we've wasted, every minute that we've wasted in pursuit of superfluous and, and meaningless things, right? So you can imagine, for example, actually, before I give you that example, it'd probably be helpful to provide a, a definition of sorts for wasting time. I was thinking about this before the homily. How would you define an activity that is a waste of time. And I, and I think something that I'll offer to you that may be a helpful way to understand this is a good way to define something that's a waste of time is any activity, any activity that contributes neither to my own salvation nor the salvation of someone else. Any activity that contributes neither to my own salvation nor to the salvation of someone else. Now, if we exchange the word salvation, you can insert several others in there. Any activity that contributes neither to my growth in holiness, nor the growth in holiness of someone else would be a waste of time. Anything that contributes neither to the increase of charity in my heart or the increase 
of charity in the heart of someone else is a waste of time. Anything that contributes neither to my growth in union with God, nor to the growth in union with God of someone else would be a waste of time. Right? And the Lord calls us to make good use of, of every piece of time that we have. Now at this point, one of you might, maybe many of you might be thinking to yourself, but, but Father, like, are you, are you really saying that I can't just like, sort of relax? I mean, life is crazy, you know, like, it's <laughs> so all sorts of things going on, it's busy, a lot to say. You're saying that like, it's not okay for a Christian to just relax from time to time. Now, I'm not saying that at all. But we have to make sure that when we relax, we do it in the right way, in a way that gives glory to God. This is, technically speaking, what we call true leisure, right? True leisure, and a good way to, to distinguish true from false leisure, true leisure, when you do something that is real leisure, when you're done with it, you feel refreshed, you feel re-energized, you feel sort of reoriented towards serving God with even greater love and zeal than before. When you do something that's not real leisure, when you're done with it, you feel kind of empty, you have kind of like a bad taste in your mouth, and you have this kind of nagging sense that I just wasted time, <laughs> right? That, that that was a meaningless pursuit. So we're called to live leisure in particular on Sundays. So for example, if you spend a Sunday afternoon grilling out with family and friends and playing backyard football, and that's real leisure, right? At the end of that, you feel refreshed to go out on Monday and to serve the Lord with new zeal. But if you spend five hours on Sunday afternoon in a lazy boy watching TV by yourself, there's, there's not even a communal element to it. At the end of that, you just kind of feel eh, like, I don't feel refreshed at all. <laughs> I almost feel more tired than, than when I started this, right? It's not real leisure. So yes, in using our time for God, the Lord does want us to relax, but we have to make sure that we do that in, in the right way. But back to being held accountable by God for all the time that He gives to us, I think it's helpful to, to think about this image. So when we die, we will appear before God in what's called the particular judgment. And it's good to sort of imagine the Lord holding us to account uh, for the, the time that he gave us on this earth, right? And so just to give a couple examples, and I'm going I'm to maybe poke and prod here into some areas that perhaps are, are struggles for, for some of you. Um, so take this as a, as a gentle correction and an encouragement. But... Uh, you know, you may be, appear before the Lord and you may say, okay, you know, John, uh, I see here that uh, you spent 40,000 hours of your life uh, watching televised sports by yourself. <laughs> 40,000 hours. I actually did the math. If you spend five hours a week watching sports for 30 years, 40,000 hours. 40,000 hours of your life. He says, I see, as you spent 40,000 hours of your life watching sports by yourself, uh, and it looks like you barely crossed the 100 hour mark in reading my sacred word. Right? When the Lord, when the Lord tells that to us, that is not going to be a, a fun moment. And, he, and he'll, he'll look at us with his penetrating, his penetrating eyes and you know, he'll ask us, he'll say, Do my, is, is this how little my words mean to you? 
And he'll ask us that. Is this how little my words mean to you? That you would spend 200 times more of your life doing something that's not even real leisure as opposed to reading the, the book that I wrote to you, right? Or he may say, you know, I see here that you spent 50,000 hours of your life mindlessly scrolling social media or news. And this is, this is a huge thing today. 50,000 hours, and it looks like you, the Lord will say, you, you barely crossed the thousand hour mark in terms of silent prayer spent in conversation with me. Right? He'll tell us that, and he'll say, is conversing with me, your Father who loves you, is it that burdensome to you? He'll ask us, is it that burdensome to you that you would av avoid me for so many years? Right? Don't you know that I love you? <laughs> that's, what, that's what he'll ask us. Right. St. Jose Maria has a, a great quote regarding the good use of time. He says, very challenging words, he says, we should never have time on our hands, not even a second. And I'm not exaggerating. There is work to be done. The world is a big place and there are millions of souls who have not yet heard the doctrine of Christ in all its clarity. If you have time on your hands, think again a little. It's quite likely that you have become lukewarm, that you are not moving, that you are at a standstill, that you are not doing all the good that you should be doing to the people around you, in your environment, in your work, and in your family. Challenging words. In 2012, smartphones became sort of normal for most Americans. That was the first year that they kind of, most people had a smartphone. In 2014, the average American spent two and a half hours a day on their phone. Two and a half hours a day. That's, that's an extraordinary amount of time. Imagine if those two and a half hours were spent in prayer. We would all be saints, <laughs> right? In 2021, they ran the study again and it was up to four hours a day. Now, maybe there's like a fraction of a percent of people out there that use their phone four hours a day for completely virtuous purposes that are all for the glory of God. It's possible. Maybe you're one of them, right? But I can pretty much guarantee you that well over 99% of people who spend, and that's just the average. Some people are spending more than four hours a day on their phone, right? That's just the average. I pretty much guarantee you 99% of people that spend four hours a day on their phone are not using their time in the way that God, that God wants them to use it, right? They're not using their phone in a way that contributes to their salvation, their growth and holiness, or the salvation, growth, and holiness of someone else. But let's say, let's give the benefit of the doubt. Let's say, whether it's a phone or something else, let's say you only do something superfluous that's a waste of time for one hour a day. If that's your, if that's your situation, you'd actually be doing far, far, far better than most of the culture. So let's say you just spend one hour a day doing something that contributes neither to your growth and holiness nor to someone else's, just one hour a day. What could you do with one hour a day for a whole year? Let's walk out this, this thought experiment. If you use that one hour 
or, or something good that gave glory to God, you could, depending on how large the books were and how fast you read, you could read 10 to 20 books in a year. 10 to 20 books. You could read the Bible twice, the whole Bible, twice in one year, if that hour a day was, was used for that. You could, if it takes you about, let's say, 30 to 45 minutes to sit down and think through a well-thought-out letter to some family member or friend, you could write 500 letters. 500 letters you could write bringing joy and encouragement to people that you love. You could spend, if you have kids, you could spend 365 extra hours with them, loving them, forming them, playing games with them. That will have a massive impact on them as they grow up. With your spouse, when the weather is nice, you could take 150 walks with your spouse. How wonderful would that be, right? And if it's cold outside, maybe you could spend that hour with your spouse in some other way, right? You could, if you're not in particularly good physical shape, you could get pretty physically fit <laughs> if you use that hour for exercise, which being in good health gives glory to God. It's a good use of our time. Last but not least, get this. I don't know if you guys have heard about this thing that's out there. It's called Daily Mass. Some of you have heard about it. There's this thing called Daily Mass. Get this, no joke. Cross my heart, hope to die. At Daily Mass, God himself comes down in our presence on the altar. Crazy, right? Insane. You know, I think to yourself, I would have loved to be at Calvary like 2,000 years ago and like see that and be moved by the moment of our salvation. Get this. For the low price of free, you can do that. You can go to Calvary every day. You can go every day. And if you're in a state of grace, not only that, God himself will feed you with his own body and blood. Wild. What better possible use of time could you ever find in your life? I'll give you the answer. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing will ever be a better use of your time than that, right? Now, I talk to many people about, you know, spiritual habits and things, and I have to say, there are many people I know who go to daily Mass. Many of you go to daily Mass. Many people I find, especially with families, you know, lots of kids and stuff, many people I find, because they already feel just sort of overwhelmed with everything, they don't even consider it as like a remote possibility. And some try really hard to maybe go like one or, one or two days a week, which is awesome. It's not always going to be possible to go every day. I understand that. But at the same time, from talking with dozens and dozens of people about this, I will say that for many, they just feel like it's not even worth the time to consider it because they feel like it's going to be impossible. But they've never actually sat down and said, okay, what are the parishes near where I live that have daily mass times? What's the drive time going to look like? How does that match up with schedules? I bet three times as many people in this parish that go to daily mass currently could go if they gave it serious planning and thought. And what a, what a gift to be at Calvary and, and to receive the Lord's body and blood. Extraordinary. 
I'll just close with two very quick pieces of advice on how to map out good use of time. Number one, you have to have a clear vision of your priorities in life. You have to know what comes first, second, third, fourth, fifth. If you don't have that, and I would suggest writing it out, then when a competing interest comes across your plate, you're not going to know how to discern it. You have to have very clear priorities. So for me, for example, for my life, I know very clear what's first, second. First, personal prayer life. That's put in my schedule every day. Doesn't change. It's there, right? Second are the most important duties as a priest, which are sacraments. Celebrating Mass, hearing confessions, those get scheduled next. Third, preaching and teaching. Anything to do with preparing a homily or an RCI class, that comes next. Third, individualized guidance of souls. That means spiritual direction, marriage prep, uh, also just meeting with people randomly for counseling. Very clear structure. So I would encourage you to sit down if you don't know this already, map out, this is first, this is second, this is, these are the most important things in my life, this is what I'm gonna give my time to. Second, very important to sacrifice time to plan time. I know this sounds like the most annoying thing in the world, but if we wanna give our time to the right things, we have to give up a little time to plan it. So for me, it takes about 30 to 45 minutes a week to map out my week in detail to make sure that no minute goes unused that could be used for the glory of God. And then on a daily basis, usually it takes five, six minutes to just update it and make sure it's all clear. But we have to spend time to plan our time, right? So I just want to close with another quote from St. Jose Maria and, and, and really encourage you all to take, take this good use of time to heart. He says, you think your life is for yourself. Your life is for God, for the good of all men through your love for our Lord. He says, you buried your talent, dig it up again. God may have given us just one more year in which to serve him. Don't think of five or even two. Just concentrate on this one year. Give it to God and don't bury it.